0: This is the Victory Life Today podcast with Al and Angie Burke. Together, we'll learn how to stand in victory each and every day. Live life set ablaze by faith, filled with purpose. Live life above your circumstance. Welcome to Victory Life Today. I'm Al Burke.
1: And I'm Angie Burke. Thanks so much for joining us today. We're going to be talking about something that really, Al, I think a lot of the church, a lot of it, a lot of the church has it right. I mean, I get it. Uh But there are many Christians who don't know the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And really what we're saying is the old covenant or agreement and the new covenant that we have. You know, so I think really today we should.
0: The new covenant. Okay. The new covenant is like a new agreement. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, we're selling this house and they wrote an agreement and we went through that. Well, everything changed or a lot of stuff changed from the beginning to the end. So now the finalized version is the new contract. And it's kind of like you, what a lot of Christians do is like, we would go to the closing and say, well, no, wait a minute, that's not in this contract. And it's like, no, 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 that's the old one, that's That's gone, that's voided out. We're working off the final one or the last one. And what they do is they mix them.
1: Yeah, we, we mix a lot because we don't understand that there's a clear difference. Not everything is different, but there's a clear foundational difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. We're going to set you straight on that this morning. And you
0: know what else? I've seen a lot of teaching where people are always in the Old Testament, Old Testament, Old Testament. They get into that Old Testament law, and they bring that into the New Testament. Right. And then all of a sudden they take the New Testament stuff and jump into the Old Testament for a while, and then they're jumping back and forth. Yes, the Old Testament is valid. It's good. We can learn from it. We can see what God said, what they did. And what God did about what they did and right. what God said. And so there's a lot of good information that can be cleaned out of there. For the most part, it's, it's, <laughs> it's like what not to do. <laughs> yeah. This is what God said. This is what the Israel- Israelis did. And it was not good. But right. not all of it. <clears throat> right. So today, I guess. Um,
1: we, we, we have to learn how to rightly divide the truth and the word of God. And this is what we're going to show you today. <clears throat> the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. Okay,
0: so we don't disregard the Old Testament, right? We don't right. disregard the Old Testament is full of examples. Where we was just talking about that, but we have to rightly divide the word of truth.
1: That's right.
0: You know what I mean? We That's do, the thing. Do. And we, okay, well, we, and we're gonna do that today. We're gonna be right. We're gonna begin to get into the understanding of the differences. What's the major things? You know what I mean? The old covenant. Uh, there was a lot of law, you know. Really, if you look at the Bible for like the first two thousand years, there was no law.
1: I know, no I know. law was
0: actually given. But when the law was given, and you sit there and you go, first of all, if you read it, no one's, no one can keep those laws.
1: Right, <clears throat> right.
0: No one could keep. Well, the why law. did
1: God put the laws into effect in the first place? Because there was much sin in the land, and he had to.
0: He had to try to clean it up as much as he could right. for what little bit they would obey the Old Testament. Would help them, he did it for them. Right. Not so much, although there's other factors, not so much to, to try to make it hard on them.
1: Yeah, but I have to say this nobody could keep the law, and, and God knew that no one can keep the entire law. So why did he put the law in effect to the extreme that he did?
0: It's extreme. It because, really is.
1: yes, yes, why would he do that? To make it hard on them? Not really. He wasn't trying to do that, Al. He
0: was trying to show them that you really, you really can't do this in Alone. your natural being. That's you right. can't do this now. Like some of the stuff you can do, like for the most part in the Ten Commandments, you know, you can, you don't have to be a liar and stealing. But anyway, he what he did was he showed them that really no one's able to keep it at all. Right. And James two and ten tells us. I this is the one I love. I use this one all the time. James 2.10 tells us if we break one little jot and tittle of the law, we are guilty of breaking the whole law. So what's God trying to do? He's trying to get them to understand they need a Savior.
1: That's exactly right. And
0: I I use that one a lot because I see people who really live like it's a whole issue of this holy living. And they're Mm -hmm. all off in their pride about their holy living. And then I just simply go, well, you know, if you ever stole the pencil from work, knowingly and willingly stole the pencil, you might as well be a serial rapist because you're guilty of the whole law.
1: That's very true. <clears throat> you know, That's I got right. thrown
0: out a couple times on So that there one. has
1: to be something that had to be done in order to fix this. Now, the Old Testament law, it did what it was supposed to do. What it did was it created this frustration within the people because they knew and they couldn't, some of them tried, but they couldn't keep the whole law. So it created frustration. But this law was only temporary until the answer came. Now, uh, you know, today we're no longer justified by the law. We all know that. Now we're justified by faith in Jesus and what he accomplished on the cross. So we no longer have to perform to get God to accept us or to get right with God. There's no performance. It's taken out. But you know how some people wait until, like, they're all cleaned up. they You know, they know they have to come to God. They know they have to give their lives to Him. They know they have to trust Him because their life is a mess. But they want to get cleaned up first before they approach God. And that, I, I will tell you, that will never happen. Because even if you clear up in this area, you're going to be a mess in this there's area. Some,
0: oh, there's always some area. And what happens is. if you clean up your act and you're doing really good... The devil will up the ante. Yes. He'll make it harder for you to do that. Yes. And you'll have to, now you're going to deal with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And one of the things that I always tell people is don't wait until you're perfectly holy before you serve God. And what I mean by serve God is find out what he wants you to do with your life and do that, whether you're holy and whether you're perfect or not perfect. I don't care Mm -hmm. how clean or unclean you live of course you want to live right, of course you want to be holy, but the point is, if you're trying to be holy, you'll never make it, you'll fail all the time, and you'll wind up in guilt and condemnation, Right. and you'll spend your whole life never doing what God's called you to do because you'll be so hard. You know, and I, I've met people like that. They got like a cloud over them, and you said say, well, what's wrong with this guy? You know what I mean? And you could see they're in guilt and condemnation. Yes. Because the church they went to told them they had to be holy, holy, holy. And, of course, they can't make it. They're never holy enough. Yeah. So they're always under this guilt and condemnation.
1: That's right. That's right. Well, let's look at this in Galatians 3, 24 and 25. It says, wherefore, for the law was, was our schoolmaster, okay, to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come... We are no longer under a school master. See, there is safety in following rules and following laws. So, you know, the first covenant wasn't wrong, okay, but it was incomplete because the second half of it came. It revealed the problem, Al, but it didn't really reveal the remedy, you know? You know, when you
0: really read yeah. that, and he says, it says we are no longer under the schoolmaster. He flat said the Old Testament law was That's a schoolmaster. Right. He right. flat said we're no longer under that. We're, we operate by faith.
1: That's right, and, and, and what was to come was Jesus. Okay, and that was to cancel it out. And we're on now a much better covenant. And I want to show you the New Testament covenant now. And this is from the Passion Translation, Hebrews 8.6. It says, But now Jesus the Messiah has accepted a priestly ministry, which far surpasses theirs, since he is a catalyst of a better covenant, which contains far more wonderful promises. For if that first covenant, the old covenant, had been faultless... No one would have needed a second one to replace it. So i was saying that this New Testament covenant is much better than the old. So what's the difference between the covenants? Let me read you this. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. He's talking about after Jesus, saith the Lord, I will put... "...my laws into their mind, and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest." For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. That's Hebrews 8, 10 to 12.
0: You know, that is so awesome. Isn't that good? He says, I will remember them no more. And it's almost like God is doing it as an act of his will he because is. he can remember everything.
1: Absolutely.
0: And I've had that in my situations in my own life where I was... You know, I had sinned, and I was, oh, God, forgive me for that sin. Oh, God. And then, you know, I'd be okay. And then an hour later, I'd go, oh, God, forgive me for that sin, you know. And the Lord said to me, well, I already, gave, I already forgave you the first time. Mm-hmm. But now that you reminded me, let's yeah. do this all over mm-hmm. again. How, how many times are we going to do this before you accept the fact that you're forgiven? And you know what? It's not even all that easy. Sometimes we really do some bad things And we're like, how could God forgive me for this? How could he accept me and love me and treat me like I never did it? That's right. You know what I mean? You could take some of the worst murderers, some of the worst people in the world, if they truly get saved and born again, God forgives them and receives them. That's right. Like nothing's wrong.
1: That's right.
0: And we do these piddly little things and we're all upset that God won't accept us. You know what I mean?
1: He has already done that. The new covenant, Al, too, you know, it's not a bunch of rules and regulations anymore. Right. You know, that we have to follow. Well, I want you to talk about this. What do you say? Um, You know, uh, I thought about it this morning. What about the Ten Commandments? Everybody is big on that. Like, I have, okay, but if you heard this, that we are now free from the law, and now it's by faith in Jesus that we're justified, okay? The first question you would say, and most people say is, well, what about the Ten Commandments? Oh, They're yeah. in the Old Covenant. Even,
0: and you know what else? Jesus even referenced them.
1: Because yes.
0: when that the yes. rich young ruler came to him... And he said, what must I do to... Re-? He, that guy already knew the commandments. And Jesus started on, well, you know, do yeah, this. Did. And He says, well, I, I did, did all these things for my youth, you know, and that he that he makes it a little harder. Right, right, right. I said, right. oh, okay. Well, why don't you give all your money because
1: away? Because that man was trying to do it all in his own strength. He
0: was justifying himself yes. by keeping the Old Testament law.
1: And that's why Jesus made it harder and harder and harder from him to, to answer. To show them. him
0: he couldn't do it.
1: Exactly. Now, and that as, was the purpose of the Old Testament law. As far as
0: the Ten Commandments, and Jesus did refer to them. He didn't yeah. say forget them. As far as the Ten Commandments, I don't call them the Ten Commandments. I call them the Ten Blessings. Because if you do them, you will be blessed.
1: That's right. That's good. It's instructional.
0: The whole of the Old Testament, the whole of the Old Testament, when we, when Jesus came, we went into the New Testament. The Old Testament became like a tutor,
1: Yes. And I like to it say was. it this
0: way the Old Testament law became instruction in the new. In the new. Right. When Jesus came the Old Testament law like it just simply became let's say um I let's say I had a boat and I was going to teach you how to drive the boat. Okay? okay? And you didn't drive the boat right. I'm instructing you how to drive the boat. If you don't drive if you don't drive the boat correctly, you're not going to hell.
1: Right. Right,
0: right. Do, do you see what I mean? I we do. have this concept of,
1: that's oh good. no,
0: I didn't do this. No, 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 no. You got to correct this. This is the right way to drive the boat. It's instruction. Yes. Some say that they call it the Old Testament. They call it a tutor because it uses the term schoolmaster.
1: Yes, it does. Yeah. You know what that's I mean? Right.
0: And so it's like, okay, that was the law. Jesus came and he fulfilled the law simply by creating a situation where we are Righteous before God were made righteous. From that point on, whatever goes on with the Old Testament law, it's instruction. Don't steal anything from your boss because if you get caught, you'll probably get fired. God will forgive you for stealing. It's not good for you to break the Ten Commandments. You should honor. And you know what? I want to tell you something else. When you do that, like you honor your mother and father, even though maybe in your mind they're not very honorable. God kicks in. Whenever you're doing these things God's way, and you say, Lord, I got a little problem over here, and you start praying, God goes, what do you need? But when you're outside of that, and you're doing everything you want to do your way, your will, your timing, God's like, well, what do you want from me? You're doing everything backwards of what I told you to do. You want me to fix this, right? Yeah. And then you go, yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, Al, and and the difference really, you know, that's good about the Ten Commandments, but... Now, in the New Covenant, rather than the Ten Commandments just being a letter of the law, like you got to do check that off, check that off, check that off, it now becomes an issue of the heart. It's It's not that we should not obey the Ten Commandments or do them, but now it's coming from your heart rather than just head knowledge, rather than just checking off the list. Why is that? Because Jesus now lives inside of us, and we know him intimately Okay, and he wants. And you
0: want to do him.
1: exactly. He wants us to obey him from our hearts, not just because he says to, or not just because there's a law that says to, because you know he's going to be merciful. It says to our unrighteousness and our sins, and he will no longer remember our iniquities. So it's not that. It's just that he wants us to want to love him. This is why he gave us a free will. He wants us to want to love Him. He wants us to want to obey the Ten Commandments, and it's not so He could get some some pat on the back for Himself. It's for you. It's so that you could have a better life and you could be a better testimony to people around you. You know how when I got saved, I was really confused. I was serving the Lord, and I got saved, but I was still half in the Old Testament myself. Because, Most people are. Yeah, because I didn't really realize what happens when I sin. I thought about it. What happens when I don't sin? Is God mad at me when I sin? Is He not mad at me when I don't? Well, that makes sense. But what about what about everything inside of me? What is really going on inside of me? And even after I got baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in, in tongues, I still wasn't sure if God, what He, where He was at when I sinned or if I sinned. And what happened if I go a whole week and I didn't sin? Is He extra pleased with me than He would be if I did? Or does he lessen his judgment on me because I wasn't sinning for a whole week? So I lived in this guilt. I lived in this condemnation and confusion for a long time. And you might be a believer out there now who is confused on it too. But then I learned something. And I got a hold of Andrew Womack's book called Spirit, Soul, and Body. And if you want that copy, you could go to awmi.net. And when I read that book after years of being saved... Okay, maybe not as mature as we are now. Everything was put in place to me, for me, learning, Al, that I was a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. I mean, my gosh, and to learn that he doesn't judge me anymore for my sins and that, that he treats me as if I never sinned. You see, God remembered their sins in the old covenant. He remembered their sins and he punished them for it, but not now. They are long gone they're long
0: gone. You know, it's it's so crazy. <clears throat> Most people do operate under guilt and condemnation. Christian people who are serious for God. The ones who aren't serious yeah. for God, they don't operate under guilt. They just do what they want. Yeah. But the ones who really want to be pleasing to God, basically, you know, when we came here to the South, That's interesting. And I was I was so um <clears throat> I was so on fire because they said this is the Bible belt. This is going to be so op- so awesome. And all these people were like this, you know, and I said, there's like a cloud over the, not all of them, many of them. And I was praying and asking the Lord, like, why, what am I seeing? And the Lord said, they operate under guilt and condemnation all the time.
1: And shame and Because regret. the churches
0: that they go to tell them, you gotta be holy, gotta be holy, gotta be holy. Yeah. And they're trying to be holy. And I, let me just say you this, if you're gonna be holy, you're gonna try to be holy, that's really good. But just telling you ahead of time, you're gonna fail. You will Fail. No one can live that holy, especially in this culture today. Anyway, so the only way you're going to get out from under that guilt and condemnation is to accept the gift of Jesus Christ that your sins are remembered no more. That's right. That's right. You know what I mean? Now, your sin. The Bible says, "Be sure and know your sin will find you out." What that means is your sin in the natural realm can have a consequence. But it's not God. He's not going to break your arm because you sinned. That's right. And I'm going to tell you something else. It's the devil who tells you, you better live holy, you bad, bad thing. You better straighten up. You need to. It's not God telling you to live holy. He already made you holy.
1: That's right. That is your position. That's your position. that, That is. So if
0: the devil gets you up into this whole thing. You will operate in guilt and He will slowly shut you down until your life is over. So because of Jesus, we're no longer judged by God. That's right. And he came to free us from the curse of the law. Jesus was made a curse for us. He took the punishment that we deserve. That's right. You know what I mean? And if you think about it, if somebody else took your, it's almost like um, you could say it this way. I have a visa bill. And I can't pay it. Someone else comes along and pays the visa bill. And then we're trying to pay it again. Yeah. Or pay it in part. Yeah. yeah. Most people I know in Christianity, they believe Jesus forgave them 80% or 90%. And the other 10 or 20%, they have to live perfectly holy to make that work for the 100%. Yeah. They got to do, they got to put their little part in there. I want you to live as holy as you can. You know, one of the things we are here about this ministry, we're big on the grace of God and we're uh, uh, what I call God's not mad at you. And we're big on that because we're countering hundreds of years of God is mad at you. And the way the church is operated. And, you know, the young people today, I notice them. They understand and they get the grace message. Yeah,
1: they do. So
0: God isn't holding our sins against us any longer. It's a new covenant of grace and mercy. No more.
1: See, the old covenant, Al, it was based on our holiness. Yeah. The new covenant is based on
0: on his his holiness. holiness. That's so awesome.
1: Oh, my gosh. It's not what we do. It's what he did for us. And it's a completely different way to live.
0: We don't have to strive to be loved and accepted by God. We're already loved and we're already accepted. In fact, God even loves the unbeliever. He doesn't accept them because they've rejected God, but that's another subject. So he took our sins and made us right before him. Now we can have intimate fellowship with him because he lives inside of us. We are made righteous by what I Jesus did. I remember years did.
1: ago, Al, when I was I was saved and I was teaching exercise to Christian music. And I've said this before, but I remember we went out with some of the ladies afterwards for coffee. And one lady just just out of nowhere, we weren't even talking about the Lord, and she just yells out, "I am the righteousness of Praise God." Praise God, she got it. And I thought to myself, how rude! <laughs> I thought, how rude! How arrogant! Who on earth does she think she is? Well, guess what? She knew who she was. But you know what I did? She said it twice and I didn't question it. I just thought she was all about her. But I did go home and start reading. Wow. And I did go home and I started studying. And then especially when I read that spirit, soul and body and realized we became right with God because of what Jesus did. And we, there is no longer a barrier. There's no longer a wall between us and the Father, because Jesus took the punishment and crushed that wall, and now God is happy, he's appeased, he's satisfied because his son took the punishment for the world.
0: Yes, I like to say he took 100% of it. Yeah. Because, you know, when people take communion, I've seen them do this all the time, they, you know, it, it says some people could take this in an unworthy manner, and some are weak, sick, and have died. And so what they're doing is they're quick judging their sins and they're quick repenting yes. for okay. sins yeah. before the cup comes along. Yeah. And the Lord showed me that <clears throat> the way you take the cup unworthily is by not believing you're 100% forgiven.
1: Wow. Yeah,
0: that's, that's the, good. And that's the way people live. They really don't believe they're 100% That's forgiven. right, because
1: it doesn't have anything to do with performance. It has everything to do with what you believe.
0: Right. You go to heaven because of what you believe, not because of what you do. So I'd like to take a minute here and just say, I want to pray for you. Amen. Father, I want to pray for anybody listening to this show right now. And if you're on the fence and you don't really know God or who God is, and you think you're trying to be holy and you're trying to live right, I want you to just right now, I'm going to lead you into prayer. Father, Mm I accept Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross for me. What he did for me made me in right standing with you. I give you my life, all that I am and all that I have. I am yours. I belong to you. I am now your child. I receive you as my father. I am saved and for eternity and I'm going to heaven when I die. In Jesus' name.
1: Amen. That is awesome. And if you that prayed is-
0: that prayer, you know, we have resources. We have yes, all Yes, and of you books. could
1: you could email us at info at victorylifeministries.org. Or you could go to our website, victorylifeministries.org, and get our books also. But let me just say this before I show you the books. Um, you have now been made right with God. You have been made righteous because of what Jesus did. It's not that you do everything right. It is your position. You are now righteous before God. And that's the way he sees you, and that's the way he looks at you. He sees you through his son, Jesus. So if you prayed that prayer and you were serious Praise God, you're now part of the kingdom of God. And Al, I'm I'm glad you thought about that. You're now made righteous. You are no longer judged for your sins because you accepted everything Jesus did on the cross for you. So isn't it great that we are new covenant believers and we weren't living in the Old Testament time? You know, thank God for that. But anyway, uh, today I'd like to show you two books. First, Hidden Treasures Revealed. And this, the teaching you got today is in this book, and it has tw- about 20 different teachings in here. You could meditate on one chapter for a long time and get lots of revelation on that. And another thing that Alan spoke about, which I really uh, am glad he did, was God's not mad at you. This is a big problem in the body of Christ. So you need to go to VictoryLifeMinistries.org today and get your copy of God's Not Mad at You. It will change your life. It's all about grace, and it talks about the law and the reason for the law and why we are free from the law. It's a great freeing message. God's Not Mad at You. VictoryLifeMinistries.org. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel on Victory Life Today with Alan Angie Burke. You just click that subscribe button and you'll be getting a new teaching, one or two per week. And if you enjoy this, you'll enjoy them. Amen. So we hope you uh, you got revelation on this. I'm, I'm sure I even got more. <laughs> but I want to thank you today for joining us. And remember, victory is always yours through Jesus Christ. We'll see you next time.
0: Hey, thanks so much for listening today. Be sure to hit that subscribe button for new episodes each week. You can help us by rating the show or by simply sharing this episode with your friends. Learn more about us and find tons of resources that will help you grow your faith at victorylifeministries.org.